Hello, my beautiful people. You are tuned into the Planter Podcast, where we focus on faith, growth, and lifestyle. This is a podcast that propels both men and women to live their God-given purpose one conversation at a time. I'm your host, Damia Shodi, and I am so grateful that you have tuned in to the Planter Podcast. What is good, people? How y'all been? I know it's been a minute. If it's your first time listening, welcome to the Planter Podcast. I'm the host, Damio Shodi, and it is such a pleasure to be speaking with you today. So I know I was gone for a little bit, but, you know, just got to update y'all on what's been going on. So first of all, your girl has finished her first semester of grad school, which is a big accomplishment. I'm not sure if I ever mentioned what program I'm doing. I think I just said I was going to grad school, but like never told you what I'm actually doing. Um, well, I'm doing pharmaceutical nanotechnology. And I know that's like a mouthful. So usually when people ask me, I just say nanotechnology because they're always like, oh my God, what, what is that? And I'm just like, mm, it's kind of hard to explain. <laughs> but no, just, you know, how nanotechnology is going to be basically improving the health field so that's what i'm doing right now so finish that and you know it was basically exam month for the last month um you know it's like exam week but no it was like a month like these people i was like i don't understand why these these professors are like literally giving us exams and projects like days after each other uh yeah, so I had to conserve my energy and focus on that and finish strong. So yay to that. Second thing, I did have the brunch on April, I think it was either 13th or 14th. Um, and it was, it was, it was, it was what it was, y'all. It was good. Uh, I had such a, an amazing time meeting all these amazing people um, in the Tampa Bay area and just connecting with them. I didn't get a chance to actually speak to everybody, which really hurt my feelings because I was so busy like kind of running around and stuff. But, you know, I'm definitely gonna have another one. So we're all gonna meet again and just chat, chop it up and just do life together. So it was it was, it was was good. So watch out for the second one. Um, it's gonna be coming up soon. So I'll, obviously announce it on the podcast but watch out on my social media if you're in the Tampa area to go to that one so yeah that's really what's been going on with me in my life what's going on with you how you doing how you feeling this fine day whatever day you are listening to this podcast and by the way I appreciate you know some of you guys who have commented and left a review on the podcast shout out to Mahika for um leaving a review i appreciate it and just different people who have been telling me like oh my god like you know you've inspired me and like i'm like what <laughs> you know it's funny i guess you do things but you don't you do them because you just you know i don't know i just felt like I, you know, God was leading me to do things and it's actually making an impact on other people. It's very interesting. Like at my brunch, you know, my friends were talking about how I've influenced them and I was just like, wow. All right. <laughs> so yeah, just been doing that, man. And what I was trying to say, cause I'm rambling now at this point, was thank you to everybody who has reached out and has, you know, left some comments and, um, you know, I don't know, just, just, just encouraging me and, and being so positive towards the content. So if you haven't subscribed, you should do that. If you listen to my last podcast, you know, I was not a little bit happy. You can't be taking up all this good messages Okay, and all these good resources, and you haven't subscribed yet. What's up with that? What's, what's going on with that? So, yeah, come on. Come on. Let's subscribe to The Planter. And you won't be sorry. You really won't. Because you're always in for a treat, I promise you. Speaking of treats, 
you know, side note, I don't actually say that like in normal conversation, like you're in for a treat. I don't know. Something about the microphone. Anyways, that's not important. You, I'm telling you guys, this episode right here is, it's going to be a good one. And basically the topic of today is we're going to be talking about how to heal from childhood trauma. And we can also relate this to any type of trauma, but uh, specifically those who have experienced trauma in their childhood and are still carrying the weight of that trauma today. In order to speak about this topic, I would love to introduce you guys, my wonderful guest. Um, her name is Elise Peoples. Um, Elise is 28 and she's a Detroit native. She has a bachelor's in criminal justice from Michigan State University. Uh, she's an amazing young woman who is eager to make a difference in her community by spreading positivity and then also sharing her beautiful smile. Uh, her heart really strives for the youth, especially teen girls, and growing up in a broken family raised by her grandmother has allowed her to understand the struggles of not having a mother or a father around. So Elise found her purpose in her early college career and began mentoring young girls with different community groups such as Daughters of the Collectives and Big Brother, Big Sister, and Avengers Mentoring Organization. And Elise continues to make strides in helping at-risk girls through education, empowerment, and encouragement. So in this conversation, guys, uh, there's three things I think you would you would really gain from this. Um, first, the power of forgiveness and how you can rest and gain that power. The importance of doing inner work that will facilitate deeper healing within yourself. And then also the resources that will facilitate healing in your life. So if you are struggling with forgiveness or just you're in deep need of healing, I guarantee you're going to be able to relate to this podcast. And, you know, you can also share it with somebody who you think would benefit from this, too. So thank you so much for tuning in and stay tuned for the episode. Hi, everyone. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Elise, for coming on the show. Um, you know, I read your bio already. Um, do you mind to tell us who you are and what you do from your perspective? All right. Well, I'm Elise Peoples. Um, I'm 27. I will be 28 in exactly two weeks from this recording. Um, I am from the Metro Detroit area. And um, I work in a social work field, so I like to say I'm superwoman with no cape, trying to save the world. Um, and I'm just outgoing, I'm fun, and I have a blog, and this blog is just where I go and I write. It's a way for me to just express how I feel and express different things that I have dealt with in my life and just using that platform to not only express myself, but help others, um, you know, heal or, you know, a safe ground for people to come and to say, oh, I'm not alone. Someone else is going through that as well. And to be able to speak, speak about those topics and different things like that. Awesome. Well, first of all, happy almost birthday. I see you. <laughs> Thank you. you. In two weeks. Yes, two weeks from this recording, yes. Ooh, okay, that's awesome. <laughs> and yeah, I was reading your blog, and wow, we're going to dive definitely into that. Um, okay. Because, yeah, it is definitely a place where people can heal and relate to. Um, but yeah, we're going to get into that. But before we dive into your blog and all those things, um, since we're talking about childhood wounds, um, you know, kind of give us a journey through your childhood. So what were some of the things that you struggled with in your childhood? Okay. Um, so first I am the baby of four. So um, I have, I think it would be four. I always get it wrong, but I have two brothers and two sisters. Um, so it's five of us and I'm the baby. Um, growing up, 
my grandmother on my dad's side raised me and my brother. Um, my brother and I both have sickle cell anemia, and sickle cell anemia is a blood-inherited disease um, where basically my blood cells break down faster than the normal um, blood cells, and they break down in a sickle shape, and that's how they got the name sickle. And when these blood vessels, well, these blood cells break down, um, sometimes enough oxygen just does not get to the blood cells and they clot. And when they clot, it causes pain. So as a child growing up, I've dealt with um, sickle cell crisis as far as being in and out the hospital in pain. Um, and like I stated, my grandmother raised me and she had a stroke before I was even born. So it was kind of hard on her to actually raise um, my brother and I, but she did a phenomenal job at doing so. Um, come, with this disease came side effects um, as far as like my eyes being what we call jaundice, which is a yellow color. I got teased about it, um, asking why were my eyes yellow or, you know, why couldn't I go out in the cold and play because the weather had an effect on how my sickle cell would act up. So in cold temperatures, I usually get sick or even sometimes in warmer temperatures, I would get sick if I overexerted myself. Um, like I stated, I would be in and out the hospital and, and in a lot of pain and I would miss a lot of school. So kids didn't really understand like why I would miss school or why, you know, why I would be in so much pain. So I was teased about that. <clears throat> And as I stated, my grandmother raised me, so, you know, I didn't really have my mother around. My dad was in the picture, but he was, um, you know, both of my parents were drug addicts. So my mom wasn't really there. My dad was there, but he wasn't really there. I would see him, but I wouldn't really see him. Um, so not only did I deal with sickle cell anemia, I dealt with both parents being drug addicts and being absent. Um, however, they may have been present, but they were still absent as far as giving me the fundamental of life as far as what I needed from parents. And um, so I dealt with that abandonment. I felt, you know, like my mom really didn't, you know, I'm not going to say love me because my mom was definitely a loving person, but in the eyes of a child, when your mom's not around, you're waiting up, um, like in the movie scenes, looking out the window because she said she was going to come get you and she never shows up. It's just like, what, as a child, what did I do to deserve my mother not being there? And, um, my dad did stay in the house, but like I said, because of his addiction, he was there, but he wasn't really there. So he would come home from work and then it'd be a high and by and he would disappear. And I can recall one day, he stayed in the basement of the house. Um, we had a three-story house. Um, and I recall one day um, going downstairs to see what my dad was doing. And I walked into him, walked in on him, basically doing a line or whatever drug choice he was of, of his choice. Um, so that was really hard on me as well to see at such a young age to see, um, you know, my dad doing whatever you know at that age I didn't really know so like now I would say maybe like a lot of cocaine and he's sniffing it and I walked in on him um and then at 11 he passed away and nobody even though I seen this him in the act of doing drugs nobody could tell me anything about my dad I was the biggest daddy girl daddy's girl you couldn't tell me anything he couldn't do any wrong um at the age of 11 he passed away due to his organs failing because of his addiction to drugs. Um, so at 11, a couple months after he passed, I got really, really sick. And um, I was in the hospital due, um, due to sickle cell crisis. It started off as a sickle cell crisis. And then later finding out that I had gallstones and my gallbladder had to be removed. But during this hospital stay, I was in the hospital for, I would say, like two and a half months. Um, I ended up having a seizure and they had to rush me to ICU and I was in, excuse me, I was in ICU for, I would say half of my stay in the hospital. So for about like a month and a half, I spent that time in ICU. And during that time in ICU, the doctors basically told my family that I wasn't going to make it. I'm 11 years old and the chances are you're not going to make it. 
So my family's coming in. My older brother, who's now in Detroit, he was in Philly at the time. So he flew in from Philly. And, um, you know, the doctors basically wrote me off at 11 years old and said, you know, she's not going to make it. Um, you guys need to come in. Y'all need to call all your family. Well, here I am. I am 27 years old and I'm able to talk on this podcast and just share my testimony that um, although man wrote me off, God still sees something in me that um, a greater purpose that I can even see and that I can even imagine. Like I can't imagine, you know, my purpose or anything like that. And um, I'm just thankful just thankful to be here and just grateful to be able to share my testimony. And so those were some of the things that I dealt with as far as growing up. Um, you know, like I said, sickle cell anemia, um, drug addict parents, and just like not feeling worthy enough because I didn't have my parents. I had friends who was either in a household with either their mom or even in a household with their mom and dad. And I would just look at my situation and would say, you know, well, I want the same thing. Why am I not able to have that? And even my mom is, you know, alive and well, but she doesn't come around. Um, first of all, thank you so much for being so vulnerable with, vulnerable with us and sharing that with us because that's a very bold thing to do. And yes, thank God that you are alive. Thank God that you are here, you are talking. Because like they say, God has the final say. So yes. <laughs> man, thank you, God, that you are still here. And I know like sickle cell, they don't give um, like children or people um, a, a long, long lifespan. lifespan. Yeah. Yeah, a long lifespan. So no, definitely appreciative um, that you came on here to tell us and to share with us. And wow, like I can't even. I know it was a lot. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, see, I read it on your blog, and then just uh-huh. it's. But hearing you say it, it's like whoa. Like it's like yeah. I, I, I don't even know how you can, or how I can wrap my mind around that. I like I'm trying to like understand how you could have felt, but there's just no possible way. I can't say to you, um, oh, I, I definitely understand, and I can feel right. what you're saying, and. You know, I, I can't, but I'm, you know, I'm so here to listen and, and learn because I think what we've come here to do is learn how to heal because even yeah. though somebody may not have had that same circumstances, a lot of people have had family trauma. Right. Yeah. So. Well, shoot, and I'm just struggling scared. how to cope and struggling how to deal or even struggling how to fit in because right. it was times where, you know, I dealt with identity, you know, like mm-hmm. um, where where did I fit in? Or, you know, like my mom, you know, she basically wasn't there. So who else will accept me if my right. mom, you know, if my mom really didn't accept me, who else would really accept me? So I did deal with that whole identity crisis piece. Um, and, you know, just learning how to love me for me and mm. to um, love, you know, the image as, as far as how Christ loved me. And at the end of the day, that's all that, you know, learning, that's all that really matters is um, I have to love myself and see myself as how Christ see me. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Can we yeah. delve into that a little bit more? So, yes. <laughs> yeah, because um, how... Cause I, I'm, that's like definitely a blow on your self-esteem, especially as, yep. as a young child. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How did you learn to see yourself the way Christ sees you from your own and perspective? Yeah. So, um, growing up, I was always told like, oh, you're pretty, you're beautiful. I never had that problem as far as thinking I was, you know, cause usually that's where the self-esteem come from as far as like how you look or how somebody else, you know, views you or anything like that. It was never a situation where I felt like, oh, I felt ugly because I was told all the time by my brother or by my grandmother, you know, um, how beautiful you are. So for me, like I stated, um, as far as identity where I didn't have my mom, you know, like I stated, um, my own mom wasn't really there. So if she doesn't really accept me, then who will? Um, and it become, you know, it took a while because I, in college, I, um, you know, I hung with people to say that it was my friends, to say I had friends. But as time went on, 
you know, people reveal their self or, you know, God show you people for who they really are. And at first I was hurt, like, oh, this is my friend since high school and now we're not friends anymore. But once I began to realize and understand that people can't go where you go, um, people can't go where God is taking you. So you have to be okay with um, not fitting in. And sometimes I call myself a loner or I'm antisocial because I don't um, like to hang around a lot of people just because I have a discerning spirit. And it's just like people come off as uh, their spirit's not right. So um, just realizing who God has created me to be. And that came with journaling and that came with spending time with myself to really say, oh, Elise, your attitude is bad. You need to work on that. Or at least um, your mouth is smart. That's not okay. And allowing God to speak back into me and pour into me. So we say we pray and we do things like that, but are we being still enough to hear God speak back into us to tell us exactly what it is that um, what it is that we need to work on? What are the things that we need to um, let go and things like that? So prayer is a big part of that. And then um being in my word and knowing what the word says, um, I am a chosen priesthood and I am chosen and um, God, <clears throat> God chose me. He created me for, you know, me. And sometimes I used to be so upset and every time I would have a sickle cell crisis, I would say, why me, Lord? You know, why did you give me this storm? And, um, you know, it took a while, but it's just like, because there's somebody else out there that is struggling in the same aspects that you are struggling, but beyond my jaundice, as far as what we call our yellow eyes, beyond that, it's so much deeper inside of you. So it really took some soul searching, some time to spend alone, a long time. And I'm still trying to figure out who Elise is. But in these last couple of years, it's just been, have been so renewing because in these last two years, I've really been spending time with myself in my single season. And knowing that I don't have to have a boyfriend or a guy and just knowing that I'm okay with me and long as I have God and I'm able to speak to him and he's able to speak to me as far as a relation, then I'm okay with that. Ooh, Ooh I hear you. I hear you. Look, this is going to be one of those podcasts that I'm going to listen to again. People can listen to again like, okay, yeah, okay, that's how to do it. Spending time with yourself and being still. Wow. Yeah. And I've heard that so many times on this podcast. People literally are like, yo, you have to be still. And I try to practice that stillness. Sometimes I may fall asleep. <laughs> I ain't gonna it's lie. So hard. I, it's like, okay, God, like, I'm being there. still. Mm-hmm. And it's one moment that I'm being still, you're gonna talk back. Yeah. And the other moment, mm-hmm. I'm moving around and doing A, B, and C. But this moment <laughs> that I'm being on talk to me <laughs> yeah exactly exactly St- like it's so funny even this morning i was like oh, i'm being still i'm listening mm. <laughs> and then by the time i know it i almost dozed off i said oh sorry okay Looking i'm back clock like oh it's only been a minute dang <laughs> oh gosh but not to make light of what you're saying i just that stillness thing be getting me because i'd be struggling with that sometimes oh yeah <laughs> it's definitely a struggle yeah man <laughs> but yo that's definitely solid advice and i think it's just very like you know for some of us that it's not like we have any health issues and all these things we still struggle with um accepting ourselves but mm-hmm. for you like you were able to overcome that and still continue to overcome that even with your different health issues and you know different environmental factors and dang like yes that's that's strength and i hope you know that thank you and like i said it's it hasn't been easy you know right and then i have awesome friends that you know like just encourage me i think that's a big factor too yeah um that you know it's okay Mm because sometimes i feel like i'm a burden on people you know and it's just like no you're not you know I'll get to the point where I'll shut out because I don't want to feel like I'm a burden on people, but because I have such a strong support system and such strong people behind me, I know that I can get through and I know that everything is going to be okay. And even though sometimes, like I say, why me, Mm. you know, and then it's like, why not? You know, like you was made for this. And I have to, sometimes you got to talk back like, yep, I got it. Like, yep. 
I made for this. Yep, like, you know, you got to talk back to the devil. So, and you got to put him in his place. Like, no, bruh, not today. So sometimes you just got to, you got to talk back. And I have, you know, come to that and, you know, learning to, you know, speak to those things. He commanded, he gave us the authority to speak. Speak those things as they are. And Mm -hmm. I speak healing over my life, you know, and things like that. So, Mm -hmm. That's what's up. That's what's up. And yes, you are not a burden. Um, people love you. You know, my best friend, um, he had sickle cell too. And okay. sometimes he wouldn't tell us when he was sick. Yep. He wouldn't tell us. He'd <laughs> be in the like hospital me. for like two weeks. And then I'll call him. I'll be like, G-Day, what? where are you? What's going on? <laughs> oh, I'm in the hospital, you know, this, that, or another. And I'll just be like, bro, like, where are you at? <laughs> like, come right. on. And he'd be like, you know, I just didn't want to bother you. I didn't want to be a yep. burden. And I'd be like, you're never a burden to me. What are you talking about? You're never a burden. I mean, he passed away, though, now. But oh, sorry to hear that. It, you know, girl, it's fine. I've, it's been like three years now. been healing past okay. that. But, yeah, I'm, you're never a burden. <laughs> Especially to your true friends. You're yeah. never a burden to them. They understand. Yeah, and that's what I'm learning. Because I get told about myself every time. Right. So <laughs> Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and I used to tell him all the time, like, stop doing that stuff. I can't stand that. Like, stop yeah. doing that. We care for you. And and yeah. I'm so happy that you have um, a group of people who can comfort you and, and that care for you. Because that's important. And a lot of people don't have that. I'm starting yes. to see that um, it's hard to find good friends out here. And so, when you find them, snatch them. Yes, hold them <laughs> near and dear to your yep. heart. Yep, yep, yep. <sighs> yeah, but I'm learning a lot. So thank you for sharing and just, you're cool. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> you're welcome. Okay. Um, so let's, you know, you've, you've spoken about um, your, like finding your identity in Christ and all those things. But how did you, well, no, let me rephrase that question. Okay. <laughs> when did you start going about your healing process, especially from the things that um, happened in your childhood? And mm-hmm. then um, how did healing look like for you? So how did you start kind of looking at the trauma and not allowing it to find, find a place in your heart? So a negative, I don't know how to explain it, but you get what I'm, you get what I'm saying, right? How did you, yeah. <laughs> did the healing process start? So this is 2018. So I would say in 2016, um, I had just got out of a relationship. And at that time, I was like, okay, Elise, like, what's going on? You know, I had to start looking at myself and holding myself accountable. And after this relationship, I was just like, I can't continue to jump from relationship from relationship. Um, As I stated, you know, my dad died when I was 11. Um, I, I do have an older brother. We're four years apart, and that's my ace boom cool. And, um, you know, he did play that father figure in my life, but at the same time, he's still a child, and, you know, he's still figuring out life. So um, I would try to fill voids with guys, you know, that I talked to and dated and things like that, and along with other things, liquor, um, fornication, and things like that, but particularly, um, you know, filling that void as far as a guy. So after this relationship, I was like, okay, Elise, you can't keep doing this, jumping in and out of relationship and what's going on. At some point, you have to look at yourself and say, it may be something wrong with me. And some people don't want to face that, you know. So at that time, after I got out of my relationship, <clears throat> I just started looking at, like, things that went on in my life, lifehood as far as my childhood, um, my parents um, at this time, you know. My mom is deceased, my dad is deceased, and my grandmother is deceased, especially my grandmother who raised me. Um, At that time, it's just like I have, I feel like I have no one at this time. And I met this guy that I thought I was going to spend the rest of my life with, but it didn't, you know, it didn't happen like that. So I started, you know, doing that soul searching and I started to look at myself and look at those ugly truths and say, you know, what's going on? I sought out a counselor. So I started going to therapy and some people may, you know, think bad about it, but that was the best decision of my life um, to start going to counseling. And in those counseling sessions and in those moments, I was having those aha moments 
like okay so that's why you do these things and that's why you talk to these guys and um so therapy was a big part of healing and then I also started writing letters like to different guys and I would you know um especially this one guy that I dated in college um I wrote a letter just apologizing to him because I played victim and I made it seem like um it was all his fault instead of looking at what I did in a situation what part did you play in this elite so I wrote letters to people and then that's when I started to blog and that's when I did the blog um about sickle cell and drug addict um parents and writing to me is just so refreshing so um I wrote those letters I blogged I did my first blog and I just you know pour my feelings on these papers, pour my feelings um, out in the blog. And that is how I began to heal. I'm going to just say, and I know I've said it multiple <laughs> times, you are such a strong woman. You are such a strong woman. You are such a light to literally everybody that you encounter. And God is going to use you so mightily in this world. Thank you. Okay. I struggle with that, but I receive it. <laughs> you let me tell you something. The fact that you withstanded deaths from multiple people in your life, like, mm. wow. Like <laughs> me, I was crying over a friend, but I can't imagine a parent or somebody who yeah. raised you. I can't even imagine that. And the fact that you even did the hard work of looking within yourself, something about relationships do that to us, man. Yeah. Whenever we, <laughs> we have a relationship, that's, you know, and that's the missing piece that a lot of us don't do. Like you said, we don't look at ourselves. Right. <laughs> Want to like blame I, and point the finger at everybody else. Yeah, exactly. And the fact that you, you, you knew you were dealing with that and you were dealing with, you were dealing with, you know, deaths in your family and you're dealing with now a, a broken up relationship and you are still able to look at yourself and be like, you know, at least maybe you're the problem. Are you kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And look, we over here at the planter do not say therapy is bad. I don't, you know, some people, I know some people be like, all you need to do is pray, but mm, you can pray, but you can go to therapy too. I think that was a yes. very responsible decision that you made. Because yes. then how would you have learned to um, uh, kind of decipher those feelings um, if you didn't have help? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And it became such a safe, you know, a safe haven for me, you know. Right. And sometimes I, you know, I don't know. It's just something about me not even to sound, you know, to boast or brag or anything like that. Mm -hmm. But where people come to me and it's just like they pour they pour everything out on me and it's like, I'm always the fixer, you know? And it's like, I'm always trying to, and I don't mind it, um, but sometimes it get exhausting because it's sometimes encouraging, you know? And I'm always that one that's encouraging people. So it became a safe haven for me just to pour out and, yeah. you know, to get poured back into. Mm -hmm. um, so it was, it was the best decision ever. Like it was the best I'm on the, the look for another therapist um, because I feel like I was becoming the counselor in my counseling session. Oh my but... gosh. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, on this, I'm looking for another therapist as we speak. Um, but it was the best decision ever. If you know somebody, you know, whoever's listening, mm -hmm. seek a counselor, like seek therapy, seek a counselor. I do not knock it. I think it's the, the best thing, even if it's just, even if you're not even facing something traumatic, um, I deal with, like I said, I'm in a social work field. So I deal with a lot of things on a day-to-day -day basis. I see a lot of things on a day-to-day -day basis. So even going to, you know, to therapy, just to talk about work sometimes is relieving because sometimes I take a lot of things home and I don't know how to detach from those things. So therapy allows me to do that as well. So it doesn't have to be something traumatic or a breakup or, you know, grief or anything like that. It can just be a safe haven. It can just be, you know, a girl talk. But I definitely say um, look into therapy if that's something that you have been um, thinking about. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I, I like that you um, put that out there. And then also 
journaling too and writing those letters oh yes that's cool that's cool yeah something yeah. about writing is just so relieving you and your pen and your notebook yes <laughs> yes, yes. Mm-hmm. yeah so um thank you for giving um um that advice to us uh definitely it's I'm telling you it's gonna bless people this this conversation is gonna bless people I hope so. Even hope if so, it's just... girl. It will. I promise you. <laughs> I promise you. So, because, okay, you're talking about social work and all those things. So kind of tell us how did you discover your purpose? Because I'm assuming you feel that your purpose is with helping other like, um... children. Or no? Oh? <laughs> Sometimes I struggle with Ooh. it. Like, I... Uh-huh. So when I read that question, I was like, I don't know if I can really answer it. Uh (laughs) And it's just been my prayer lately. Like, God just smacked me in my face about my purpose. I feel like he's already spoken. (laughs) I feel like he's already spoken to me about it. And it's just like, "Uh, no, God, I need more clarification. And it's Uh just like, I didn't give you everything that you need. Mm -hmm. Um, So I kind of, I think I know, but I feel like I still struggle um, I love what I do. I love being a help to others. Um, but I feel like I'm not doing it to my maximum, you know, my um, full potential. Yeah, I hear you. Um, yeah, so I feel like I want to take it to the next level, especially with E Inspires, which is my blog. Um, I want to take that to the next level as far as coming outside of just blogging. Okay. Um, I want it to be something so much bigger than just a blog. Um, so that's what I'm working on now. Um, so. Sometimes I feel like, okay, I'm, you know, I'm in my purpose. And then sometimes I feel like, um, no, I could be doing something more. But I think it comes from the comparison. Mm -hmm. Um, Social media does that to you, you know. And that's where I am right now. And I just have to remember um, their ministry or their, their, um, their work or their nonprofit is, you know, is their lane, Elise. And you have a different audience. And just because they're doing this now, that doesn't mean anything. And that doesn't mean that um, you don't have a purpose either. So I struggle with comparison. And I think that's why um, I struggle with owning my purpose. Because I feel like, like I stated, he's he's told me millions of times. as God has told me a million times. But I'm just like, no, God, you know, I just need, just give me one more sign. So um, I don't know about that purpose thing so just you know pray for me at least you were honest and i will do that (laughs) at least you were honest um nah it's not sometimes so clear even me too girl look (laughs) everybody know i'd be like lord all my life i said i want to be a doctor and now look at me i don't know where i am (laughs) i never right (laughs) i you know and not saying that the doctor thing is like not gonna happen or if you know, but I don't know. I'm, I'm like, Lord, send me a sign. Like, you know, is that <laughs> exactly. something that you want? But um, I think purpose is so fluid too. Like, there's not just like one place of arrival. There can be different purposes for different times of your life. I don't think sometimes mm-hmm. it's just one set thing. And I think they all intertwine. So for right now, maybe your purpose is to work with with those with like, are you work with kids or yes? Okay. I work with of kids parents so okay. yeah yeah so for right now maybe that might be a purpose but then podcast what are you talking about <laughs> and i had to go research it and everything and you know put it together but it was literally a just a leap of faith like i didn't know and i still don't know exactly where it's going i'm just literally trying to take it day by day so the fact that you have a blog that's something that's definitely something and you know follow those nudges I feel like being creative today let me go and plan some stuff out I feel like talking to this person or that organization looks interesting let me go hit them up let me you know whatever it means for you I don't know but I'm just saying yeah that's my own take (laughs) on purpose (laughs) so um I guess we kind of talked about forgiveness but I'll ask you I guess um, how did you okay. how did you learn to forgive? Like forgive your parents, forgive you, forgive your situation. How did you learn to forgive? Um, so for the longest I'll talk about my mom. I also talked about it on my blog as well. Um, for me, I resented my mom. Um, for so long I resented her. 
And um, before she died, it was, I want to say like maybe a week or maybe a month or something um, like that. Um, I talk, like I said, I talk about my blog. She came to visit um, church with me and it was just like, so I was just so happy. Like, yes, my mom is here. Yes, yes, yes. This is all I've been wanting. Um, My pastor preached about forgiveness (laughs) and I'm like, okay, I think this is the time, you know, for me to start rekindling that, um, that relationship with my mom. And we went out to eat and we talked, we, um, we just hung, we just hung out. And, um, and I think, so just, you know, just learning to forgive as far as, you know, putting myself to the side and just looking at the bigger picture, because sometimes we are holding ourselves hostage, um, by not forgiving. We only blocking our own blessings because we're not forgiving. Um, you know, you have to look at God and he forgave, you know, forgave us over and over again. So I think just looking at that and hearing just, um, sermons about forgiveness um really helped me so it was just like knowing that I have been forgiven so how selfish could I be to not forgive somewhere somewhere else someone else and um and like I said it goes back to writing and you know taking myself out the equation and um being that light because if like I stated if I don't forgive um how do I look you know so I think that was um, <clears throat> I think that was it for me, especially the um, sermon that my pastor had preached. Who would just say, "Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just just as in Christ God forgave you." So we, we want to walk around. We want to be mad at the world. We want to be bitter, and it's just like, no, um, you have to forgive as you know, Christ forgave us. How how dare we walk around um, with our nose turned up or this anger inside of us when um, we were out sinning? But God, you know, said, hey, I don't remember that. You know, he forgave us. So how dare us not forgive someone else? And I hear you. And um, I think also, I don't... What am I trying to say? <laughs> Let me not even. Cause I, how am I trying to say this? Like I think, like because you had the time to kind of think things through. I don't like because sometimes I fear, and I just had a I just had a series about um, sexual assault in the church and how the church is dealing mm-hmm. with that, and you know. I always wonder, like, God, is there a time, like, a space? Can you give me space to forgive? Because, you know, a lot of the stuff that people were saying on that hashtag was, like, they, like, made, like, the little girl who maybe got abused by a pastor in the church go hug the pastor and and say, I forgive you, like, right after it happened. And it's, like, you know, sometimes I struggle with the idea of, like, 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 like am I supposed to just let this go like today even though like you're supposed to try like that person really hurts you so much and it's like do I just freak like so I'm supposed to just forget about it like today is there a time period to heal am I allowed to and I know healing really starts with forgiveness but like you know kind of understanding what happened I'm not I know I'm not like being so clear but no I understand you understand what I'm saying I think what what it puts me in the mind of is is grief. Mm-hmm. Um, nobody grieves the same and there's stages to grief. Right. So I feel like there's still stages. Like you said, why do I have to go hug somebody that just sexually assaulted me? I'm not there yet. And um, we like in grief, someone may be numb, but someone else may be at a different stage of um, trying to think of another stage. But you know, maybe sadness, um, that may be the stage, you know, and we never hit those stages in order, um, as far as grief, you know, nobody ever hits those stages in order. And so I think it's the same as forgiveness. Um, like you said, so maybe I'm not saying that there is stages of forgiveness, but you know, maybe a stage could be, I want to be alone. And, and, and I feel like it takes time, you know, I'm not there yet. 
And but I say don't harp on those feelings as well either. But allow me to take those times to process it, process everything that I just went through and allow me to be mad, allow me to be angry. But I say don't stay there. And okay. uh, yeah. Okay, that's good. Yeah, that makes sense to me. <laughs> that makes <laughs> sense to me. But no, what you're saying, like forgiveness has been something that I've been working on, definitely. And yeah. I forgot the scripture that I've been using, but I know it's like clothe yourself with joy, love, peace, and forgive your neighbor because Christ forgiven, has forgiven you. I think it's in Corinthians or Colossians. I can't remember. So which one of them with the C? It's in one of them. But okay. it's, it's been helping me a lot. Like, and, and anytime the person that I'm upset with comes to my mind, I just forgiveness. Like, like the Bible has been really healing as of late. Yeah, I've been using it like targeted reading for things. And forgiveness mm-hmm. was definitely um, the, one. the thing Yeah, that I've been using it for. And so I hear you. I hear you on that. Um, what advice would you give to someone who has gone through a childhood trauma who is struggling to heal? Um, I would say one, it's, it's not your fault. Um, I, you know, used to beat myself up and, you know, like I said, ask myself, why me? And we have to realize, um, we didn't make the choices, you know, that who brought, you know, who brought us into this world and, um, so you have to realize that it's not it's not your fault. And I would definitely say, you know, if you start to see things and start to see patterns within yourself, I would say, you know, pay attention to those patterns and pray on those things as far as asking God to help you um, get through those things and to be, you know, to make that better. Um, because, I, you know, I do desire to be married and I do desire to have a family. And I think that was for me as far as like one of the things that I started to think about. I didn't want to meet somebody. I don't I don't want to meet someone and I'm half. You know, we always say, um, I can't wait to be my meet my better half, you know, so we can be whole and things like that. But I think um becoming whole in you and becoming whole in who Christ has made you, um definitely is something that I strive to be because I want to be a whole individual when I meet whoever my husband is. So I would say definitely pay attention to things that are going on um, in your life that you know you are starting to see. Spend time with yourself. Um, and it's, to, it's, it's weird, you know, spending time alone. I go to the movies alone. I go out to eat alone. I do a lot of things alone. I do. But it's not weird. <laughs> it's <laughs> not. It may sound, but it's just like, you really learn who you are. Yeah. And I think I think that is um that is key, you know, to learning who you are. And even like I said, and even in those times, things will come up from your childhood that you never knew um existed. And then when they do come up, like I said, uh, pay attention to it. Pray about it. Ask God to um, you know, help you deal with those things. And even if sometimes in my prayer I used to ask God and I still ask God, show me the things that are in me that are not of you so I can work on those things. Um, You know, I don't want things to just come up. So that was my prayer. And I love journaling. So I journal um, about those things. And like I said earlier, therapy, counseling, um, I would say, you know, seek, you know, seek counseling, get you a group of, um, a group of amazing friends. I have amazing friends. Shout out to Brittany. Um, I love you. Um, shout out to Danny Draylin. And get you some amazing friends, um, even if they're your siblings. Because I think, my, you know, I look at my sister and my brother as my best friends as well. And as me. And we are able to talk about those things. And it's a judgment-free zone. And, you know, you have that support. And, you know, they can pull your card and put you in your place. But when you're crying and you need a shoulder to cry on, they still are there. So get you some amazing friends and some dope friends that you um, can trust. And, you know, if you talk to them, they'll give you good, godly, sound advice. And um, and get you, I, I love my pastor to death. Um, get you in a good, you know, Bible-based um, church that is preaching the word, you know, in the Bible, you know, and those are some things that just has helped me um, heal and helped me grow. And so, yeah, those are just, you know, some things that has helped me. Mm, awesome advice. 
Um, are there any resources that you recommend, like books, podcasts, anything? Just in general. Well, too. you know, mm-hmm. shameless plug, mm-hmm. Pretty Lit the Podcast. <laughs> no. <laughs> yes. So Pretty Lit the Podcast. Um, the Weight Was Really Good by um, Devin Franklin and um, Megan. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that book. And when we look at the weight, we think they're just talking about, you know, weight um, for marriage. Although that was what the basis was, but they also talk about other things as far as like finances and just different things like that. So that was a good book as well um, that helped me. And also Unqualified by Stephen Furtick. Um, and just because sometimes we think that we are not qualified for, um, you know, the work of God, but he called he calls unqualified. So it was, that was an amazing book as well. Awesome. I've been hearing his name like everywhere. I gotta look into <laughs> he him. He is a yes. Verdict, like, he's amazing. You have to check him out. <laughs> I will do that. I'll do that. Yes. And I'll link everything below so everybody can, you know, click and see what it is that they like and take on those resources especially pretty lit podcast it's lit yes like for real pretty lit it's yes. pretty lit <laughs> <laughs> all right well, well thank you so much for having you. me thank you for coming on and thank you for sharing and being so vulnerable with us and everything thank you thank you thank you thank you i appreciate it Thank you so much for listening to the planter podcast if you are absolutely loving the content that the planter is creating well go ahead and subscribe to the planter on itunes for more updates and staying connected with me you can also subscribe to the planter at theplanter.com so that's t-h-e-p-l-a-n-n-t-e-r.com to become a part of our community uh, you can find us on facebook at the planter community to stay connected with like-minded individuals who are trying to grow just like you and you can find the planter on all social media handles at the planter so thank you so much for listening and i'll speak to you on the next episode